With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. I was very scared. I thought that I was going to be fired. I was like going through all of like the sort of like panicky fear things. I I think it's really, I mean, it's kind of insane in retrospect, but I think I just was a little too close to the case. Like, it really, really, really upset me. When Hannah Einbinder first read the script to the season two finale of Hacks, she was super concerned. The season seemed to wrap up on a pretty definitive note, making her wonder if this was it for the show. But do not worry, there is indeed more to come. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this episode of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we talk to Emmy-nominated hack star Hannah Einbinder on how this year's nomination and accolades feel different than last year, as well as what she hopes might come next for her character. But first, our Award Circuit Roundtable discusses the reality Emmy races, including structured, unstructured, and competition reality. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Hey, everyone, back in the clubhouse, because that's what we have now. It's the Variety Awards Circuit Clubhouse with Michael Schneider, Clayton Davis, Emily Longaretta, and Jazz Tanke. Voting's over. It's it's all done. So whatever we say now, we'll have... No, no one can that. see it, but Emily has a single tear that just dropped straight <laughs> down her face. <laughs> Congratulations, Emily Longaretta, on your first Emmy season. You did superb and yeah, very pop open it, it, one of those champagnes right now. I know. Yeah. Whoever's listening, if one of you sent me a champagne collection of champagne, I appreciate it. I, there was no note in it, but I will be drinking it. So actually, so when you first, so before we started recording, you said, Oh, look at these three bottles. I don't know who sent it. I thought you were saying, look at those three bottles. They're going to be gone in an hour. <laughs> like, just gonna, like down them just be, like, just right out of the bottle. I don't <laughs> even use a glass. Yeah, just uh, stick it in that water bottle that you've got mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually what's in here, guys. It's not water. She's yeah. like, I'm hydrated. Put it in a canteen. Just go, <laughs> go on a hike. Uh, it's it's five o'clock here in Award Circuit <laughs> land. Right. Wait, don't drink and hike. Oh, but that's it, guys. We made it. It's all over. Yeah. Okay. By it's all over, I mean it's not over at all. Because <laughs> next week are the creative arts during Labor Day. Because who doesn't want to? celebrate the creative arts than on Labor Day weekend. I mean, the yeah. best timing. I mean, no. we're, we're pretty excited to be there. I'm pretty it's, <laughs> it's, the, the, it's the fruits of our labor. The single tear, by the way, came from the other side. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, God, Jesus, we gotta, we'll fix the dates one day. Well, by the way, I, because this is uh, Emily's first year uh, doing this for us out here in Los Angeles, she's kind of excited. Like I'm you're, like, you're, you're ready to hit about it. Like, you're, you're hitting the I circuit. Really I'm sure in two weeks I'm going to be calling you guys like from my bed, super sick and tired and have like slept. But 
I am excited. I've never done, you know, I've never done the circuit. I've never been in the press room for creative arts. I've never done in be and inside the Emmys, the Emmys mm-hmm. parties. I'm excited. I think it'll be fun. You were yeah. me last year. I was, I was last yeah. first year I did the press room and it, it was a lot of fun. It's I said fun. there were jazz. Uh, yeah. And then, and then people finally like put a face to a name of yeah, the byline exactly. and stuff. I got, and the best hug. I got the so best hug I ever got from Kirsten Johnson last year. It was it was the best hug I've ever received in my life. So many emails and no face. It's just like nameless or faceless yeah. situation. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, no, this is this is the fun part now. And and now we kind of just get to see who who ends up winning. And and honestly, it does feel like as the days go by, the weeks go by, right when we thought we knew, we know nothing. Right, Clayton? You thought, I mean you thought, you thought you knew you had no idea. <laughs> yep. So you know, my, my final predictions for creative arts will be out next week. And that is always just to put out there. That's always the misread everyone has going into Emmy night. They're like, Mandalorian's going to do it because it won so much. Like there's going to be a bunch of like euphoria. I think it's going to win a lot. Only murders. I think is going to win a ton, you know, and I think people are going to think they know what's happening on Emmy night and that's not going to prove anything. I think it's just going to be uh, a nice open race, but I will say I was feeling the peaking of certain shows in the middle of voting and i and i am gonna switch it up prediction wise i think abbott did it by the way hmm? i think Ooh. it did it like i think it's gonna squeak it out and i don't think it needs to win a ton to do it either i think it's gonna be like two or three and that's it wow. you think well, the big one though wow. you think it's gonna win comedy i think it might have squeaked it out like it's Ooh. one of those like i was just like looking and, and then i you know you try to a lot of these are just gut feelings because we don't have 20,000 members, phone numbers to call them all up and get that poll going. But it just felt like it, ha- it was having a moment during voting. And it was interesting because it was also like one of the only shows that wasn't airing during voting, right. you know, what everyone else was doing. Like only murders, the finale happened the night of final ballots were due, you right. know? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Was it? I mean, did people wait till 10 o'clock to, you know... <laughs> you know, put it in. I actually I was know. a little surprised that they didn't do that finale the week before. Yes. As opposed to waiting until after ballots were due t- to blow us away, which with an amazing finale, it was a fantastic season two oh, finale. Yeah. And, you know, if it had been a week earlier, maybe that would have swayed a few more votes. That's the kind of perhaps a, a little misstep in, in, you know, Hulu's part, you know, but but by the way, they could still break the record for most wins in a single season. And it still the freshman series, rather. And one of them still couldn't be comedy series, which makes this new landscape of Emmy, you know, awards and predicting just, you know, kind of open for everyone. I want them to spread the wealth more. We don't need a show to win 22 Emmys, including yeah. the top yeah. category. Right. Not not when there's 600 television shows out there, scripted shows and another 2000 unscripted spread the love not a not, not a hbo max hey <laughs> dropping like flies oh, oh my god <laughs> you few, know by the way that, that, i feel like that would happen to me though i would shop a show and it would get picked up by hbo max and then immediately canceled <laughs> like that is pure clayton luck and that's why i've never done it because i was just like no i don't ever want to experience that because it's just awful it's the worst well, um, i I know someone who had a show that had been picked up by Quibi and was yeah. all set to go until oh, wow. the entire network collapsed. So, you know, that's <laughs> that's that's another thing. 
Yeah. Oh, that, that, no, that, that, that hurts my heart. But a network collapsing, though, like, I feel like you then know it's like, it's not, it's not me. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's, it's, it's not personal. Right, right. It's, it's, not, it's, not, personal. it's not personal. It's, not personal, it's the it's business, business model. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Quibi had the unfortunate thing of like a pandemic. So nobody was writing tubes. And, oh, like, no, 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 Jazz. No, 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 no. Quibi had the unfortunate <laughs> thing of being a bad idea. Yeah, the there were so many. That would not have worked any time. Yeah. Like, I had the bad luck of existing. That's what. Yeah, like, I was really, trying to be nice. I know, yeah. That's, that's, that's why we have you around, Jazz. You can balance the evil. Jazz is Because nice <laughs> yeah, that was just like not a thing. But, but anyways, but now looking forward, we're going to focus on the races where Emily really shines here. And that's oh, real, and that's straight reality. Mm-hmm. I think well, that's a good. For, okay, okay. Let's before oh. we go forward. Or pop quiz, pop quiz, Emily. Tell us the difference between structured reality and unstructured reality. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is so embarrassing. I literally don't know. <laughs> Wait, so I mean, I, I do I, like the obvious. Just like I can explain it, but I don't. I, I put you on the spot. Honestly, if you had put me on the spot, I couldn't tell you either. I, mean, I, 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 I could in the sense have, of the air quotes of what it's supposed to mean. I can't tell you what the differences are between the Yeah, and like nominees. Selling Sunset and Love is Blind to me should be in the same category. So to me, like that doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. One is structured and one is unstructured. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no clue. Un, un, unstructured yeah. is supposed to give off the air of you just let Emily in a house and whatever happened, happened inside okay, that, that house. that doesn't exist in TV. So. Emily, it does. That's why we have unstructured. I'm just saying that. I don't mean it, okay. but I'm just saying that's what it is. Structured is like, well, listen, we have this these five guys and we're going to- Format. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to make them go to this person's house. They're going to know they're going to be there. We're going to set them up for conversations. And Joanna Gaines will build a house. Right. And that'll happen every episode. You, you know, the yeah. basic beats of, of that. So, so yeah. But, again, it's, it's just the, the word structured sounds weird. So because awkward. it sounds like then the other shows yeah. aren't structured. It's just <laughs> rando. <laughs> yeah. Like, because we know there's a structure to even these rando shows. Like, you know? Cheer doesn't have a structure. Yes, it does. Like, <laughs> that is so structured out. You don't know. We don't know what's going to happen at the competition, Emily. <laughs> and sometimes they just somersault and win, and sometimes but, they lose. But so, nonetheless, when we have a structured show, again, like, there, there's sort of there's rules, I guess. But, you know, Love is Blind, a good chunk of that show is sort of you know, just randomly following these couples around. But nonetheless, I guess there's a structure in that, you know, they're going to court, they're eventually going to date <laughs> behind the screens and then get married and then move in. I love you said they're going in. to court. I was like, I, know, yeah. I mean, listen, they are, because none of them are together anymore. In that oh my gosh. Divorce listen. court. hey oh. <laughs> What is that making a comeback or coming onto a streaming service? Divorce that- court, love is blind. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, right. and, and by the way, they have new like after the altar. Coming, oh yes, I know. Which is it's hilarious. awkward because it was filmed after it was filmed before they all everyone got divorced. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Like, here's an update on their lives, J.K. They're already broken. Yeah. <laughs> they got to add a disclaimer at the end, right now. <laughs> Just be like, yeah. <laughs> FYI, they're all dead. That's it. Right. <laughs> all over. <laughs> at least love is dead. So. Yeah. Okay, so competition, so competition program. You want to start there? Well, no, no. Because, let's start with let's oh, start with structured unstructured. Structured. We're already yeah, talking about those. Oh yeah, we're already on that. So and uh, and so let's talk about structure first. So we got Antiques Roadshow from PBS. We've got Fixer Upper Welcome Home. Which what is by the way? What is the difference between that and Fixer Upper? I honestly, one, one welcomes you home, Mike. 
and the other it's the updated version fixer upper fixer upper was owned by hgtv and this is on magnolia okay so welcome home (laughs) love is blind queer eye which is the incumbent of course and Mm. shark tank which also returns for for another year so so queer eye and shark tank are the most awarded in this category's history so one of them could become the most awarded in the category's history. Antique Roadshows is the most nominated in the category's history and has never won. And least watched. <laughs> the shade. Uh-huh. Oh, public broadcasting shade. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can I just say something about Antiques Roadshow? It used to air in the UK on a Sunday and I don't like a 5.15. It's like, who watches it like at that time? Like unless I'm you're a watching. granny. I think I watched an episode 10 years ago, maybe. Actually, I feel like they showed it like in high. I think a college professor showed it or something. Anyway, it's not going to win. I think it's five in the category. So it's, it's a yeah. moot point anyway. I think it's a queer eye sh- kind of Shark Tank race. But I do think if, if this was Love is Blind season one, I would really think it was going to do it. Season two didn't have as much great cast members going on. I think Fixer Upper is a good come up the middle if something is going to come up the middle. I kind of just think it's queer eye though. You know, I know not that it matters, but I know that Love is Blind got critics choice. And I will say that also, as weird as it is, what we were just talking about, how the timing of it, all these divorces and stuff being announced these last two weeks from Love is Blind is being like people putting it back in their mind again. That's amazing like, if that yeah. was the campaign strategy. <laughs> Guys, come together. Okay, listen. You know what? Like, any divorces. Yeah. We're, 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 we're trying to completely dismantle the the, the entire idea of our show. I'm just saying it gets people remembering what the yeah, show is. I mean, yeah. It puts it back in this back in people's minds if they, they maybe forgot about it. So I think that's the only plot. I can't see queer. I don't see queer eye losing this. But the fixer upper of it all is this is Joanna Gaines' first nomination, built an empire. I think mm-hmm. sometimes when they wait so long to like get you in there and then you finally do get in there, they go forth. And I'm thinking of Top Chef beating Mike's favorite show, The Amazing Race. Mm. When Top Chef's first season, it got snubbed, and then it came in for season two, and by that time, Amazing Race had won for a decade, and then it beat it in 2010. So maybe Fixer Upper is the one. I mean, I'll say, I've seen every episode of Welcome Home. But not Fixer Upper, right? Because those are two different shows. You don't like the pacing of Fixer Upper? Welcome (laughs) Home really gets... I've also seen every episode of Fixer Upper. Can can I just say, like, how many times Fixer Upper has been said in the last, like, two minutes? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Keyword of the day. I do... I I just want to sledgehammer a wall. That's all I want to do. It's my dream in life. When I I did... uh, When I was living on the East Coast, we did home renovation. I told my dude guy that was fixing our house i said i don't remember what he's called right now i was like, the fi- i just the to, fixer upper yeah the fixer upper i was like can i sledgehammer wall he was like yes absolutely and then they did it without me there and i was furious ah uh, that should be uh, de- next year's fixer upper campaign one of their fyc events should be yeah people come in and like smash stuff stop it so stop it emily because <laughs> that would be I, I will i will write that <laughs> and like i will not predict anyone who doesn't let mike and clayton come and sledgehammer some walls <laughs> that would be amazing yeah, that's that's the best part of all these shows. And By it's the structured, way, and it's very structured. <laughs> structures. Well, and, making and them then unstructured. it's unstructured. <laughs> By the way, going back to Antiques Roadshow real quick, it's been nominated every year since 2005. Yep, and Who's never won. It? Yeah, I don't know, but every year that's that's it's the Susan Lucci of structured. It is totally the Susan Lucci. <laughs> yeah, and watch it, it win. The, this is classic 
of course it won. Like, <laughs> it just happened. No, Not it that. won't. I think you're right. I think it's down to Queer Eye or Fixer Upper because, yeah. you know, Queer Eye beat Love is Blind in 2020. And it does feel like it's it's going to have to be new blood that comes in to, to if, if anything, ends Queer Eye's reign. Dexter's not nominated in this category. <laughs> he said new blood. I was screaming. <laughs> Thank you, Emily, for getting it immediately, though. No, everyone else was like, what? No, Mike I don't think Emily Mike got still it. still doesn't get it. I did. No, I, I finally got it. it just, yeah. I, I needed Clay to explain it to me. <laughs> Which makes every joke better when you have to explain it. Yeah, yes. Really great joke. Yeah. All right, so now let's go to the restructured cat. No, there's not a restructured. Unstructured. Unstructured is next. Let's look at unstructured. So what do we have here? So we have shows, which again, all have structures. I, I, just, I don't. Selling Sunset. RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked. Love on Spectrum US. Cheer. And Below Deck Mediterranean. <laughs> The God. fact that the shows you just listed, with the exception of RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked, the fact that they are Emmy nominees to me is like still so shocking because some of them are just wild. But I feel like Love on the Spectrum could could pull through here if Untucked loses, which it's not going to. But I think that that's the, the underdog, in my opinion. I'm predicting Love on the Spectrum. You are? Mm-hmm. Untucked? It is... Of, of a reality landscape that includes the Kardashians and a world where real world homecoming can't even get like a high five into the Emmys. Love on the Spectrum is delightful television. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm a little biased because I have some autism, but I love that show. And I love that it exists because it is just such an entertaining, insightful, and not exploit- exploitative like watch. Like it just makes people feel good. And you're going to get RuPaul comp- competition series probably or somewhere yeah. else. So spread the love. Give it love. Yeah, love that would make sense. Yeah. That would make exactly. sense. You know, you know, RuPaul's got a lot of Emmys. And you're right. He'll get the competition. He'll get the host again. So how about spreading that love? I can see that. I think you're right. I think, I think cheer is impacted by the controversy. And it sort of leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Yeah. And then you've got the two shows that, you know, it's just an honor to be nominated for, <laughs> for Selling Sunset and Below Deck Mediterranean. You know, it's funny going into nominations, I felt like Selling Sunset was like the two. And then now I looked, I was like, oh, no, it's five. Like, no way. Selling Sunset is what this year. I Below can't. Deck, I feel like no. it can build to a moment when like RuPaul's off the air and Love on the Spectrum no longer exists. And there's like just a different world. But Below Deck is, you know, especially for Bravo that can't get like real housewives in any of these categories. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, then put, put your, yeah. your, your ump behind uh, shipping around the Mediterranean. A lot of people like Below Deck. Like yeah. a lot of Emmy voters, like you speak to them, it's like, yeah, no, I like Below Deck. Deck. It's like, yeah. Okay. It needs to become, this is such a bad description, it needs to become more crack-worthy reality. Like, like Real Housewives, I can watch for hours and just be like, just it's like, it's like crack. You're just watching it, and it's just like you just consume it all day. Yeah. Below Deck, I'd be like, I can disengage like once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> have that big... I'm not hooked on Below Deck. I don't get yeah. the appeal. Yeah. Which I is also, and that's what's all Bravo shows, that's the one you want to embrace? Right. Anyways? Like and one. last yeah. year was the normal blow deck. So this mm-hmm. year is bad. It's just very yeah. strange. Original recipe. Yeah, it's, I guess maybe it's, it's, 
at least there's a little more sort of interest in the visuals of, of yeah. sort of it's it's a kind of like a set in a way and and so there's something appealing about that and and the inner workings as opposed to real housewives which is just pure pure trash so what you're saying is that below deck net is more structured mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. i have never which seen is, Teresa, i've never seen a table be flipped on below deck and Teresa judice delivered right true. from the beginning right from the <laughs> yeah, right from the jump she showed us who she was and i loved it can, can I just say, can I just say, can I say a really quick, like just a quick story? You know, Jessica, we were dating maybe like a year or two. Like we, were, we definitely weren't married yet. And she threw me a surprise party for my 25th birthday. And it was at a restaurant. And as a surprise, she was sitting there and pulled out a book and put it on the table. And it was a traced copy of the book that Teresa pulls out of the table on Danielle Staub. That's amazing. And she like did this whole present. It was, I knew I had to marry her. She's like, just the best. I knew it. I knew it. I was like, yes, you, you know what? You're the one. That, you're the one. She's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. All right. So what's next? Should we talk host? Let's go some hosts. hosts. I, I like a host or two. All right. Not host pairings, by the way. Yeah. So many, many hosts that just hang out together. Would you like me to read the nominees since I have it up? Yeah. Sorry, it's taking me a while yeah, to find that's it. Fine. Here it is. Yeah. We, oh, never mind. Go ahead. Hey, real quick. Yep. We haven't talked about this, but how is Padma by herself this year when usually she's been with Tom Thank Colicchio you and Gail Simmons? for saying it out loud. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't, and I don't know if it's, because it's not a judge's rule because Shark Tank people are just there together. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And I want to know how that got like ricocheted this year because I was like, why yeah. is Padma by herself? Uh, yeah, I feel like we should ask someone that <laughs> because it just dawned on me recently. Like, wait a second, you, it's always been her and Clickio, and and last year actually, Gail Simmons was added to the mix, so the, so they were a trio. Mm-hmm. Now it's back to Padma by herself. Which has has she ever been by herself? I like, don't it's think. Been, so. I think I think it's always been like duo or a trio. See, yeah. I thought that the others were judges, though. Yeah, but that hasn't stopped. Like you know, in the past, Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum have been together even though technically heidi is the host and tim is the tim so yeah Yeah. there's no not a lot of rhyme or reason i'm glad i'm glad you brought up mike because i thought that and never got around to saying it out loud but yes it's pretty like fishy either way i think i don't think she's winning so there's that i think it's uh, rupaul and i think you can just kind of like wait we didn't like we didn't read the nomination oh i thought he did oh i missed it okay so we got all right, so we got Padma for uh, Padma Lakshmi for yeah. Top Chef. We've got Barbara Cochran, Mark Cuban, Lori Grenier, Robert Herjavic, Damon John, and Kevin O'Leary for Shark Tank. We got RuPaul for RuPaul's Drag Race. We've got Bobby Burke, Karamo Brown, Tan Vance, and Tony Porosky, Jonathan Van Ness for Queer Eye. We got Nicole Byer for Nailed It. Nicole Ooh. Byer. And Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler for Making It. It's a good so, group, right? It's a good group. It, it's an okay group. <laughs> I know, like, like it's an okay group. Like, I think we are not defining hosts very well. I mean, it's the same group. The, the part yeah. of the problem is yeah. it's the same O, same no surprise. O. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's kind of getting a little boring in the host category because I mean, it's... I would love to see Nicole Byer take this. I feel like she's think, hosting 12 yeah. shows and she's so good and doesn't ever get the win. And I would love that, but I don't see RuPaul losing. Yeah. I felt like she was working towards that moment 
last year. But I, I think Nicole, I think she a little overexposed at the moment. I think she did a lot of hosting. Like she hosts a Critics' Choice Awards that were like okay for some people. I think she's just doing a lot. And I think sometimes you get into like you're you're hosting everything. So then they just think about you as a whole rather than what you're actually because she does nailed it perfectly, but yeah. she's just doing a lot yeah. of stuff outside of that. So I think she needs to pull back a little bit. I actually think the run, I think the, the spoiler, if there is one to RuPaul, I think it's uh Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler. Because I think Amy Poehler is going to be helped by probably winning documentary. That's interesting. I mean, they've been nominated before and have lost RuPaul, yeah. um, both in 2019 and 2020. So RuPaul that's, has that's, not lost since 2016. And th- yeah. that's, that's another insane. thing. Like, like, listen, RuPaul is amazing. But are we, you tell me there's been no better hosts in six years than RuPaul. And I, I think we have to say that that's a lie. Well, and that's where, like, do you have term limits? for some of these categories <laughs> like you get four years yeah. and out maybe you do maybe maybe there you do need term limits in order to like freshen things up a little bit and uh you know re- retire the the ongoing winners and and bring in some fresh blood but uh part of the problem is do you also give term limits to nominees you're sticking with term limits so it's like it's incredible sorry no, you haven't won off to eight years sorry antiques roadshow i don't i also don't think maybe you don't need term limits like maybe you just need to i don't know maybe open up to more academy members to vote in this category you know because it's like the oscars that once nominations are announced everyone votes on every category it's still designated to your branch your 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 peer group and i think allow allowing i mean that also could ruin things at the same time so and also i think they need to limit the number of votes you can receive for nominations because then i don't think it's always these five or six and by the by, by the way the elephant in the room let's just discuss that these are all sort of tainted by the fact that Is It Cake was not even submitted <laughs> by Netflix. Daytime. So. Daytime. <laughs> Daytime program. You know, when you're, you know when you're home in the middle of the day, Mike, and you're writing, you're just like, I'm going to watch Is It Cake. I've never watched it. Should I watch it? Wait, what? I never I've never seen it. Mikey Day is like, you think you I know him on it. SNL? He's bonkers crazy on that show, and it's so he's so much fun. Oh, it's fantastic, and yeah. it's 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 one of those just like when you you need you know turn off and just relax and watch something B- mindless. B- binge- it's bingeable television. Just let it run, and it just it's great. It's delightful. By the way, is it game thirty sh- minutes, yeah, or an hour. No, it's thirty minutes. It's a, it's a quick hour. watch. <laughs> it, Game shows coming to primetime next year. All game shows will be in primetime next year. So we'll be talking about, maybe we'll be talking about music cake next year. I didn't get to ask you about it. What do you think? How do you think that's going to like that decision? Um, I mean, I, it's just more. <laughs> it's more now. <laughs> it's like, uh, thanks for we, we are, we are more. Have, you know, we're going to have a game, game show sketch and then game show variety <laughs> like show. And they'll just try to divide into like four categories. Yeah, it's just it's more categories, more things to worry about next year. But see, I, I, I kind of think, I mean, what's the art? There's an argument. Game shows are just competition series, right? Like, 
what's different? Right. Well, that's why they re- renamed it again, reality competition. As of next year, the, the category is not competition series. It's reality competition series. So well, they separate could be the unstructured two. and structured <laughs> game shows. Yeah. Right. The unstructured honestly, game show where it's just like, who knows who won? But I mean, like the difference between like Amazing Race is obviously like this long term thing, whereas like Wheel of Fortune is like a 20 minute game. Yeah. Did you see Ken Jennings on Jeopardy? Like that was a season that he was killing it. And then right. yeah. that was a season long arc. You're and then, right. uh, what's his name? James. James. Uh, what the name? Yeah. With the H. I don't know how yeah. to pronounce it. Yeah. That. I kept wanting to say Hong and that's not right at all. Um, but James <laughs> something. Yes. That. Yes. I think whatever it's fine yeah i mean well and, and jeopardy jeopardy was unstructured they had like uh, the producer as the host for a week and then he was fired and then they brought it i mean there there was not a lot of structure to how they handled that so ooh, does that mean mayim bialik and the other guy get put together if we're host like Ken insane. Jennings. Yeah, you literally <laughs> just talked about yeah, Ken Jennings a second ago, and now you can't I, remember his name. Because I couldn't remember for a second if he's the other host. Like, it didn't click fast enough, and I was like, is there someone else? I was like, it's Ken Jennings, right? So, will they be one? Or do they count as, like, two? Because they're so Oh. I, let's ask Tom Colicchio. Okay. Oh, by the way, because you got me thinking that Padma was always with Tom Colicchio, except for last year when it was Gail Simmons. So they were they were nominated. Well, there th- yeah, there were a threesome last year. They were nominated together 2009. It was Tom and Padma. And then they weren't nominated again until 2020, Tom and Padma. And then last year, the three of them. And then now Padma alone. Yeah. So, bravo. And what do you think? What do you think that's about? Ooh, drama. When's the last time you saw Tom? Oh. You think Tom's dead? <laughs> maybe, maybe Tom's not here anymore. Who knows? You never know. This is a weird way to find <laughs> out. That- R.I.P. Tom Colicchio. But <laughs> killed by Padma in order to get an Emmy. He had a good run. He will mad, be oh my god! Can you just wait? Can we just like like horror story, but not actually for us? It would be amazing. Can you imagine if Padma wins this year? How pissed is Tom going to be though? <laughs> like, I would be furious. Like, I would be like, no, like give me that Emmy. Exactly. Divided in half. Yeah, this is a show with a lot of sharp knives, and you know. Just be, be, be careful on that set. <laughs> yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Fires, hot things. <laughs> hot things. <laughs> and let's wrap it up with competition program. Go yes, ahead, Because I, I want you to be able to say the name of your show with the passion and fury that you say it all the time. Go ahead. <laughs> competition program. Well, of course, there is my patron reality show. The, the one that I have adored since the very beginning. The Amazing Race fe- featuring... <laughs> My buddy, Phil Kogan, who shamefully is not nominated in the host category for shame, shame. Uh, So we got Amazing Race. We got Nailed It again with our buddy, Nicole Byer. We got RuPaul's Drag Race. We've got Top Chef. We've got The Voice, question mark. And then we've got Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls. So, just want to say, Phil, by the way, has not been nominated for host in ten years. This is tenth year. That's wrong. That is wrong. Listen, Uh, they never gave my man Jeff Probst his due. Yeah, also huge shame. I'm I'm very pro, but Survivor's also the better show. So you're pro Probst. I'm pro Probst. I'm very (laughs) pro Probst, and Survivor's a better show. Amazing race. It is. It just is. I watch them both equally. I'm equally supportive. That was such a mom answer. Like, <laughs> oh, I love them both the same. They're fine. Um, oh, my so, boys. So does RuPaul's win this? 
Yeah, kind of. Lizzo's the upset, but I just... I was going to say, I, I would... I mean, again, only because RuPaul has won it so many years, and I, I just want change. I would be excited to see Lizzo. I would, I would be that too. Would, and it was great. It's actually, it would be a great pick, but I'm reminded of last year, Mike and I, and our countless conversations when we really believed and talked ourselves into believing that Robin Thede was going to beat Lauren Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and, those, and, and in the those end, were sweet, 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 innocent days. Yeah. It, it was just like, <laughs> anytime no. you do it now, it will happen now. Because all she needed was 51%. And we thought it was. <laughs> 50 like that was gonna happen i don't know yeah. what we were thinking but yeah and, and by the way I think back now i'm like yeah it probably was like a 65 35 like it probably was like an it, it wasn't even close yeah. yeah it was an annihilation yeah so we're here now and i'm i keep telling myself like i think lizzo like lizzo was kind of peaking i think people were really liking it but in the end it's just gonna be rupaul like yeah don't yeah. me wrong also, can I we just talk about right. how the voice keeps getting in? Because I don't know one person that watches the voice or is still like into the voice. Mm. So that's yeah. I mean, that's a whole separate conversation. I don't know. No, that's a listen, really don't get it. Name the last singer that came off the voice that you knew their album or I mean name one singer. Name Not the first the singer, yeah. Oh, actually <laughs> that was um one. I forgot his name. I do well, remember you know what? it was the guy with the hat. I forgot name, Great. but yeah. But yeah, he did not Cassidy Pope is one. I'll say that. There wow. we go. I don't even know if she won, okay. but she did have a song. Um, yeah, but but this is the point. Like I don't. That's we don't so know. to me. No, it's another category where term limits. I tell you, maybe we need term <laughs> limits because it is the same o same o. At least we got Lizzo but this year. That would year, mean no but... Amazing Race if there were term limits. I mean, well, listen, look at it this way though. This category's been around, been around since two thousand three, and we've only had three shows win this Amazing Race ten times, RuPaul, and The Voice have won four. Okay, so the three of them should be out yeah. of the run. No, no, top, top Chef won once. So. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, top Chef, yes. I'm sorry. Yes, you are correct. Because I was going to multiple winners. Yeah, but, the, but that's it. I mean, Top Chef sque- squeezed in once. But yeah, otherwise, eh, not a lot of change here, which, yeah, it's it's unfortunate because there are a lot of great competition shows out there. But Oh, I'm, I'm waiting for the American Ninja Warrior moment. It's coming. I feel it. It's like in yeah. the next like year or two. I'm sorry, Clayton, but that should have happened 10 years ago, and it didn't. (laughs) Well, the challenge is coming. Just be ready, guys. Is this what the challenge does go here, right? Again, which is stupid, kind of. Like, what do you mean? Like, I get it. Okay. Like, I kind of get it. It's competition, but it's really just a reality show. <laughs> like, oh, the, ch- the challenge should just be reality. It, it's, a, it's an unstructured reality program. Like, <laughs> let's stop. But yes. Like the challenge will not this past challenge, this past season the challenge was. Well, the one on CBS now is actually getting a lot of traction, which is surprising. I didn't think I would enjoy it. Not spies. Not spies is the one I would spies is awful. Yeah, okay. Put us on the challenge. We can go, right? No, I can't go now. I'm too weak and no, I'm too old. I think you only can do it when you're like 20. Like I feel like you have to be like (laughs) or if you're Mark, you do it when you're like 50 and just keep killing it. 51 and he looks better than everyone else there. Johnny Bananas isn't doing it anymore, right? Because he's like, or is he, he still does. doing it? Mm-hmm. He's going to live forever. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, RuPaul. This is RuPaul. This RuPaul. <laughs> we're ending this on such we're, a. We're such so a. Such a <laughs> That's like, well. it's, it's just like, yay, like guys, like, yes, Ru, like RuPaul Drag Race is a good show. It's just like not the best every single year. Like, there are definite seasons of things that are better than others like even amazing race shouldn't have made that 10-year run i think that was like a 
bad like look. Here's my question. If RuPaul gets host, does the show immediately win or vice versa? Yeah, I think they're package of deals. Like I, I don't see them doing a split. But not untucked. Yeah. No, untucked, I think I don't think matters in the okay. in the in that realm. Let me see how many times. Yeah, because that's because untucked only won last year, right? That was its first year. That was the first so, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have the the same kind of momentum that Drag Race and uh, RuPaul's host has. But so since 2008, there's been a split between host and competition program. The first four years, obviously, because Jeff Probst won the first four years. And then actually, there's always a split because it's never really matched up until right. and, until RuPaul. Yeah, until RuPaul in yeah. 2016. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, it was all. It was always a split. By the way, I yeah. love that Jeff Probst won four Emmys in a row. It did not like dawn on me. Like, yeah, why is, is he not? About? Where did he go? Like, why did it stop happening? I don't know. Because that's what happens. Like, they just like move on and they do something else. Like, even if Tom Bergeron actually won once, that was actually good for him. Seacrest not winning is also kind of criminal because he was peak American Idol. Yeah. Yeah. Jane Lynch has two, by the way. In that for that game part. show? For that like, Hollywood. <laughs> whatever <laughs> show it was. <laughs> Which, to be honest, is very entertaining. But like, oh, yeah. It's fine. I don't know what night it's on, but like when it is, I used to. Wait, is this still on? No, is this still on? What is it? It is on, right? I have no idea. When was it on? Like a Saturday night? It's just on some random. I mean, mean, is there even even television anymore? Are we surprised that I watch broadcast TV at night on the weekends? (laughs) Like, are we kidding? (laughs) Oh, Emily, I've been dying to tell you this is what we can end on. It's the best news ever. So we take Noah to this like autism bowling group every Saturday and it's with other parents with kids that have autism. So we get to like make, you know, mom, dad friends. Uh So we met a really great mom and dad friend and the dad is an actor. And I thought of you immediately because he was on a few episodes of SWAT. And then I was like, I'm sure Emily Longrenner knows exactly who you are. You're like, I know the one person who watches SWAT. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like you're, on, you're, on, you're on SWAT. That, that's good. I'm sure you have a fan in Emily Longrenner. Oh, my God. But you, you understand when he said it, my face lit up. I was like, oh. I was like, I don't, I didn't know that. So I was like, congratulations. He, he was like, you probably have never heard this show because it's on CBS. Yeah. And, well, I, I know like, someone actually, who does. He was on that and he was on the shrink next door. So I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, he's okay. like, oh, Emily Longoretta type show. Yeah, so we're shows. Gonna, yeah. yeah. We're going to get him on uh, SVU next. Oh, better be quick. People are dropping like flies over there, too. Yeah. I thought you were going to get him on the podcast. Yeah. Get him on the podcast. Actually, Emily, we have to make a deal. Next year, you have to get Sam Waterston on a podcast. Again, it has to happen. If Sam Watterson is still alive next year, let's try and do of it. Of course he oh. will. Oh, oh. Emily. Uh, Emily, did you just Seacrest kill out. Sam? Did you just kill Sam Watterson? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so mean. I should not have said that yeah. out loud. <laughs> we will, uh, when, when he passes, we'll roll this tape. Oh my um, God. <laughs> Guys, I will Let never know. My first magazine feature ever, ever, ID was my interview with Sam Watterson about Return of Law and Order. It was very fitting for me. Was it really? Wait, when? This year? Yeah, it was when the original, when the show came back. Oh my God, was it this? Oh my God. I yeah. swear to God, I thought that was like three years ago. <laughs> like I, like I wait, wait, what? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yes, guys, it was literally my Stop. first, my second week here. Yeah. Well, that's a good opening for you. My my anniversary is in a few days. Yay. Yeah, that's it. 
All right. We're just prolonging this. Yeah. <laughs> For no reason. Uh, Congratulations, RuPaul. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Exactly. Fix her upper. Bye. This is the most unstructured. Uh... <laughs> Bye. Bye. After the break, hack star Hannah Einbinder from Los Angeles. This is the Award Circuit Podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Michael Schneider. When season two of HBO Max's Emmy-nominated comedy Hacks picks up, iconic comedian Deborah Vance, played by Gene Smart, and young writer Ava, played by Hannah Einbinder, seem to be in a good place. They're ready to hit the road in Deborah's luxurious tour bus as she tries out some new personal material that the two of them have been working on. Could I take out one of your face creams? Looking for a spot for my kombucha. If it's not kept cold, it'll keep fermenting in the bottle and it can explode. Oh God, fine. Here, give it to me. Oh! You were right. It did explode. I got drunk and sent a very stupid email. I said some pretty revealing stuff. She will kill you if she finds out. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's right, last season's cliffhanger soon blows things a bit up as Ava tells Deborah about a voicemail message she left for the writers of a TV show who are looking to base a character after Deborah. And Ava just makes things worse. While Deborah winds up suing Ava, even as they continue on the road. Still, without giving too much away, things eventually do work out, which has us all now wondering where does the show go next? I recently spoke with Einbinder about all of that, plus we also talk about her desire to get back on the road and tour her own stand-up, and much more. I began by asking her how this year's Emmy nomination experience differs from her first time in the race last year. You know, last year, I was thinking about this because obviously I knew we were going to be talking today, and I was thinking about last year in comparison to now. And I remember when Universal called me and they said... um, you know, we want to submit you for the Emmys this year and we want you to, you know, go in the supporting category. And I I was like, I didn't know what the call was about. And I was just like, it was the first time it had crossed my mind that that would even be a possibility. I was just focused on getting away with the work, you know, doing a good job, trying to just figure out how to sort of achieve what was expected of me within the show and getting that call was just such an extra like it's all felt so extra and like such a blessing Uh, and I felt so fortunate like I really just when I got hacks was so excited that I would have a job that you know gave me health care you know (laughs) like I just turned 26 and I was like "Uh oh okay off i'm off the old uh, obamacare situation so like it's all just 
it still blows my mind, but I just remember like the shock from the first season and now sort of feeling uh, a little more um, sort of aware of how things go down within sort of the awards realm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure first time out, you know, the sort of the, the amount that goes into that whole side of things, you're obviously not thinking about when you're on set at Hacks and realizing, oh, there's a whole other part of this that long after we've wrapped, I'm going to be talking about this. I'm going to be yeah. potentially shooting another season while still talking about the first season and yeah. kind of, you know, kind of, kind, of, kind of keeping that compartmentalized in your brain that, you know, Got to remember this thing, even though I'm already on to this thing. Yeah. Uh, that must be wild and, and an adjustment. And I suppose this year you're definitely more used to that, but still imagine it's just kind of surreal, but also just, you know, a part of the job. Yeah. I mean, I think like sort of learning the ropes of the non, the sort of like the elements of the business that aren't the work itself and how much of how, how important that stuff is um, surrounding, you know, the actual making of, of the work has been interesting just from like perspective of like sort of a newcomer to the business, like understanding sort of why these things matter and the landscape. And, you know, I've always watched, the award shows because I love comedy and I've always been like, yes, like I can't wait for this host or that host or, you know, I love the speeches, like everybody winning makes me so happy and I'm just like crying all the way through watching everybody. But sort of having a deeper understanding of like how that contributes to the mechanics of the industry and the inner workings of, you know, television and film as a whole is just interesting from like a business perspective, which I have never even thought about before <laughs> experiencing this. It is an ecosystem. And I tell you, one of the, the funny things is when, you know, people who don't quite understand how the business works, when they hear something like, oh, well, HBO Max, are they getting, they're getting out of like series? So does that mean Hacks is just going away? And you're like, yeah. no, <laughs> I'm sure you heard from some people like, is this it for Hacks? Like, did they just cancel Hacks? Like, it's, <laughs> it's like an Emmy nominated hit show. No, they're not going to cancel Hacks. I was watching an Instagram live between Bo and Yang and Matt Rogers. And Matt brought up the HBO Max thing. It was the first I heard of it while I was watching Instagram Live. And I like comment on it being like, wait, what? <laughs> You're like, oh my God. Bone was like, Matt, you can't, you can't like say this. People are finding out, like, don't say that it's all going to get canceled. People are finding out for the first time. And it was just a very sort of like silly uh, moment. Yeah. But I mean, that would be an amazing way for you to find out you're out of a job is yeah. randomly watching Instagram live with, with <laughs> Bone Yang and Matt Rogers. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's, it's very, I mean, again, like I'm really just sort of learning about all of the inner workings of, you know, the merger and all of these things like that I never otherwise would have been aware of. So it's certainly uh, an interesting time in film and television. Well, I will say, so talking about season two of, of Hacks, you know, one of the things that we all sort of were talking about after that finale is, wow, well, the trio really wrote themselves into an interesting spot because it ended on such a clean path. 
it's it's you know Ava now has a job uh, you know it seems like things are coming up everyone is is in a good place so that could have been a series finale and I'm curious when you read that finale did you think oh this is all wrapped up what are we doing where are we going from here what were kind of your thoughts you know my thoughts were pretty fearful I I mean I, I wasn't given really any sort of a heads up at all <laughs> we should tell the listeners Hannah is actually on a freeway right now yeah, she's standing uh... in traffic <laughs> I, I live on a very, very busy street, forgive me. <laughs> but uh, I was very scared. I thought that I was going to be fired. I was like going through all of like the sort of like panicky fear things. I I think it's really, I mean, it's kind of insane in retrospect, but uh, I think I just was a little too close to the case. Like it really, really, really upset me. Uh, I just was kind of like crying for a couple hours and then yeah. I you know, called Paul and Lucia and Jen and was just like, is like, I feel like I'm, I was right there along with the, the viewers on it. I was just like, why, you know, like it was so good. Like literally basically quoting Ava. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that was, that was tough, especially because, you know, they dole out the scripts gradually uh, during production. And so I didn't get that script in the beginning of, of shooting, I got it sort of like right before the, the final shooting block. And so, you know, going back to memorize it was just so, every time I went back to memorize that scene, I just sort of fall apart a little bit. But yeah, I think like the push and pull of Ava and Deborah and their sort of two steps forward, one step back dynamic is a central part of what propels the series forward. And so, Okay, I'm on a railroad now. <laughs> yes. I swear that is I have never heard Where do you live, Hannah? I? <laughs> I live in I guess I guess 1798, California. <laughs> well <laughs> cold rush time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But uh but, yeah. But I, what did what did Paul and, and Lucia and, and Jen say when when you sort of first approached them and said, "Are you wrapping the show? Is is this it?" They were like, "No, oh my god, no!" It's just like, you know, I understand where they were coming from. I think like Ava was really like like in any relationship when you know you kind of lose yourself in someone and you're just sort of everything about you and all of your ambitions and sort of everything about your trajectory kind of just goes off by the wayside. I saw that happening with her, which, you know, I mean, it's it's sort of easy to get into that mode as Ava because Deborah's so fabulous and everybody just wants to be around her and get her approval and, and all of that. So um, made sense, you know, for the characters ultimately. But yeah, initially when I, when I read that, I was very, uh, very upset. Yeah, well, every time I, I run into any of them, that, that's the first thing I ask now. It's like, you do, you have the plan, right? Like we, and, and they're like, yes, we're they're they're in the writer's <laughs> room. We, they, they know what's going on and they still have like a multi-season plan. So I guess this is the stage where basically Ava and Deborah are, they're apart. And, and now we'll, I'm sure this upcoming season, and I don't know how much they've told you about this, this next season, but at this point, 
you know, the show is still about those two. So it'll be really interesting to see what it's like for those two to be separated and what is it that brings them back together and how long will it take and what's it going to mean in the meantime when the, these two who sort of, you know, have become kind of dependent on each other are pulled apart again. Yeah, and I'm just hoping that, you know, that they're not apart for long. Um, I'm hoping that whatever that catalyst is, that it comes in quick. But yeah, I mean, they haven't really told me anything about the trajectory of the show going forward. So I, I too, am very excited to learn what's what's going to happen along with the viewer. What else? What did you make about this season? I mean, there is there's. Yeah, really fun elements. I mean, the 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 gay cruise was probably one of my favorite moments uh, between those two, and <laughs> as head is finding a a a less loud space in 1880s California. I mean, literally street sweeping, <laughs> full on street sweeping car, 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 the street sweeper 5000 just went by. I mean, it's it's I'm so sorry, Michael. No I'm problem. Gonna, I'm going to move. I swear to God, I'm going to move. This is the last. <laughs> Next year, you're going to be living in that Deborah kind of mansion, right? It's it's oh yeah that 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 hacks money to to good that hacks money to good use. But uh, in the meantime, for some year, like I mentioned, I I love the the gay cruise and and all of that. And oh man, when Deborah just really steps in it is it's like peak cringe. But what were some of your some of your favorite uh, moments and memories from this past season of of Ava, but also just in general, what uh, what you saw and, and what you remember shooting. Yeah, I mean, you have not lived until you have seen the smoking section of a cruise during the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. It is just a collection of America's finest. It is something to behold. Being on a cruise, because we had to, we were, we had to shoot on a ship that was changing over because we couldn't, the cruise ship couldn't afford to sort of dock and miss the opportunity to go out with a bunch of passengers. So we had to shoot basically, you know, half a day while people were getting off and new people were coming on in Long Beach. And so it was, it was interesting because we really were on a cruise ship with a bunch of people and it's just a bizarre, bizarre place to be. Honestly, I'd never been on, on one before. Yeah, I was going to say, um, where where do you fall on cruises? Because I know a lot of my friends, cruises equal murder, basically. Yeah, yes, yes. Terrifying clue-style murder. I mean, I would ha I have heard of cool, like, hipster sort of, like, indie cruises where it's, like, a mini music festival of, um, you know, a bunch of, like, alt bands, which I could see being cool. Or like, I mean, if I ever were to go on a cruise, it probably would be more in the vein of the one that existed in the Hacks universe. But I think a general cruise I would have a lot of trouble with. I just don't know that that's my sort of idea of, of fun. Because ultimately, it's just sort of like an amusement park, like a light amusement park at sea, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just with, uh, yeah, with, with uh, germs and, and murder. Yeah, but, sure. um, yeah, plus, plus amusement park. And and then maybe Sugar Ray or New Kids on the sure. Block or whichever. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That that's I mean, really, um, it was it was scary to even go on a docked cruise ship, I have to tell you. Yeah. Um, so that was I, an experience. 
Yeah, that was cool. We just, we got to travel a lot. We went to the Grand Canyon. That was so incredible. We actually did go to um, Sedona and the Grand Canyon in uh, Arizona. And I had never seen the Grand Canyon before. And I can't imagine that I would have made the trek otherwise. So it was incredible to shoot there. Although I did get a little bit of E. coli and was sort of for the, the, (laughs) yeah, for the, the Arizona portion, I was pretty ill, to be honest with you. But even so, I felt like I was getting the like, you know, that classic experience of being like, a sick kid on a family trip, which I think is kind of an all American thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Do you know how you got the E. coli? Was it? I figure I picked it up at the airport. You know, <laughs> that's kind of that's my theory. No, no one knows. But uh, yeah, that was that was wild. Uh, so if you ever watch the show Hacks and you see us outdoors shooting any of the Arizona scenes that are that take place actually in Arizona, you can you can believe it that underneath the, the veneer of my acting, there is a girl suffering from the E. coli virus. <laughs> Were you when you rewatch those scenes, are you able to see see that in action are you able to see the pain underneath it all michael i used it i used the coli i think there were a couple dramatic moments where you know abra's ava's kind of looking into deborah's eyes and having a little bit of a sort of you know sad moment about her father and uh, i used a little bit of the coli and the discomfort from that to sort of transcend that is being an actor you know what that is being an actor Well, it's, it feels like season two hacks, it got you like all sorts of experiences. First time at the Grand Canyon, first time on a cruise. So so this is this is sort of checking some bucket list items, I guess, too, as, as sort of a side bonus. Yes. So thinking ahead now, like, yeah, they haven't really told you anything about season three, but where where would you like to see Ava go now? I mean, what's what's sort of your feeling of where she is sort of you know, how she's kind of now back after having sort of practiced sort of sort of this penance, I guess, of, of being out of town and, and, and doing her thing. Now she, she's back on top. Where, where is she and how do you think that might impact her actions and, and what, what she's doing in season three? Yeah, I mean, pure speculation because, you know, they're yeah. still writing and I also haven't heard anything. But my hope is just that Ava and Deborah find their way back together i i would hope that none of the progress that they've established with having sort of deborah make that choice on behalf of ava's best interest to let her go is you know sort of gone back on i hope that they maintain sort of like a respectful relationship where ava's able to kind of understand the balance of making deborah a part of her life and not her entire life so i would say that you know, hopefully there's a way for them to just continue to grow, but hopefully they've got some work to do. I love seeing the two of them at work working on comedy. And so I hope there's a lot more of that. And I hope they go back to Vegas a little more. I think there are so many amazing characters who's who live in Vegas, obviously, you know, DJ, who's like one of my favorite characters and is is such a shining star. Um, you know, getting to see a lot more of the people who live in that world, which is an interesting subculture, I think, and just like a cool place to explore. So hopefully they go back to home base and get into some shenanigans there. 
Yeah, no, I, it's, you know, I've, I've practiced using the popcorn purse ever since uh, <laughs> episode one of, of season yeah. two. So we, we've learned a lot from, from the show. You mentioned before we start recording that you're, you're hitting some dates, you're going overseas, you're doing some, some more stand up. Uh, how are you sort of, what's, what's uh, the plan now in terms of stand up? And are we going to see a special anytime soon, Hannah? Or what's, what, what are you looking to do next? You know, a special is, is uh, in the works. I'm certainly working towards like polishing what is my hour. And I mean, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to be, I just sort of, I'm sort of in the tail end of my domestic dates. I just was kind of traveling around the the old US here, but I'm headed to London for two weeks at the Soho Theater, end of September through early October. So that'll be interesting and illuminating. I think like the British crowds, are more the british stand-up style is sort of it comes from the theater tradition whereas like you know american stand-up comes from vaudeville and french stand-up comes from mime and clowning and so i think british audiences are more attuned to like a more of a narrative performance so I definitely think it'll be interesting to go over there knowing that and uh, just kind of see how other audiences react. I think it's like going to be an interesting challenge potentially. But yeah, I mean, always working towards like that hour. Um, I definitely think a stand-up special is it's one of my greatest, greatest dreams. Uh, so hopefully we, we get that going uh, maybe after we shoot season three. Yeah. Have, do you do do you have a timetable yet on on when you go back to shoot? Not set in stone quite yet, but every year we've gone back in November, so I think it'll probably be around then. That's cool. So spending the this time sort of uh, touring, honing the, the 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 routine. Anything else you've been working on, or or any projects that we're gonna see you in coming up that uh, you can talk about? Couple animated series, um, and just sort of like. The truth is, like, I have been really taking this time to work on my stand-up and also just kind of, like, develop hobbies. I felt like I've been going and going and going since I started doing stand-up. Like, it really is a grind when you start, like, just sort of the open mic circuit of doing, like, two to three mics a night every night of the week, like, nonstop for years. And so um, it's the first time in my life where I'm uh, kind of you know, taking time to slow down and um, hone and support other interests outside of performing because for a long time that's been all I've done or thought about or cared about. And so now I'm sort of going like, maybe I'm doing okay. I can investigate having a life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any any hobbies to, to talk about? Uh, going back to <laughs> 1880s and, and, and panning for gold? Like what's... what's the... <laughs> yeah. You know, I've actually just been gotten into mycology lately, um, the study of mushrooms. It's been a really cool hobby, not the psychedelic kind, just sort of like the prop healing properties of functional mushrooms and also their micro-remediation, you know, capabilities, their abilities in sort of cleansing the earth, the ways that mushrooms can be used to help fight climate change and pollution and things like this. It's, it's a really cool, wow. uh, it's a really cool field and there are a lot of really smart awesome people and it's also really accessible to anyone who 
who wants to try to learn about it. There's no sort of like gatekeeping in in the mushroom world. You can kind of just go outside and look around and take photos and identify them. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> I love how specific that is. How, how did you sort of get into that? How did you stumble across that? You know what? I... I started like, so I'm one of these people who's incredibly swayed by documentaries. I became a vegan in 2017 because I saw that documentary, Food Inc. Mm-hmm. Like, like I saw the documentary, I changed my life overnight. Like I'm there, I'm a really good audience for anything persuasive. And I just, I saw Fantastic Fungi, that documentary on Netflix, and it just kind of changed everything for me. I've always been fascinated with trees and I was kind of in like a tree phase before mushrooms. And then I was like, oh no, mushrooms are like trees, but far more interconnected and sort of like responsible for the sort of like the main fosters of life on earth. So it's uh, pretty crazy. and pretty cool. Yeah. No, there's, and, and there's a terrible, I'm sure, pun, fun guy and funny. <laughs> yeah, pretty fun guy. I'm a fun yeah. guy. <laughs> Don't know why I went there. It's I apologize. Like, there's a line in Hacks where Ava is uh, trying to get Deborah to try mushrooms because apparently it's like a form of therapy. Like there are, mm-hmm. there is, there are studies that, that show that mushrooms can help create new neural pathways in the brain. And Ava's like pitching it to Deborah, and Deborah's like, you know, you. I've never said this. I've never said this before, but I think you should read less. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, I Thank feel you. like all the time now, <laughs> just like talking to people about mushrooms, and they're like, "Okay, girl, cool. <laughs> yeah, awesome." <laughs> like it's just, uh, but yeah, that's that's honestly what I've been. Um, kind of up to. <laughs> well, you know, someone will hear this podcast and they're going to Google it and who knows, maybe, maybe you're, you're starting a movement. So the awards, the award circuit audience are going to turn to microphone. <laughs> <Feel> it. <laughs> it's going to happen. Well, Hannah, you got plans for uh, Emmys? What's, what's sort of your, uh, your, your big plan for this year? Uh, going to a couple, couple shindigs going to i presume like some of the very fun you know hollywood reporter party oh wrong wrong publication oh i mean (laughs) i'm going to the award yes variety variety oh well you know feel please do invite me i mean i i I, you know i would love to come (laughs) um i i yeah like all of the um all the fun parties and I'm just going to have, try to have, have fun and not be so scared. It's kind of, it can be a scary environment. I'll be honest. Have you spent much time, by the way? I mean, I know we, we always talk about the two Hannahs and, and the fact that it is peak Hannah in this, this category. Uh, Have you spent much time with uh, the other Hannah? Have you two exchanged notes, conversations? I love her so, so much. We DM a ton and like just the times that we've been able to meet around all of the the award stuff i'm actually so grateful for it because it's brought us kind of together and she just makes me so happy and i think she's just such an incredible like such a warm spirit i really feel better when i see her or talk to her or hang out with her i come away leaving really happy she's like a hit of dopamine honestly so 
yeah, we've just been seeing each other on the Zooms, but I'm excited. I, I think I'll probably see her around, you know, um, all the parties and, and, and things and at the show itself. And uh, yeah, I, I love her. I think she's awesome. Well, it's, we, we, we are blessed with two great Hannahs in this category. So always, Hannah, it's so great to talk to you. And I'm so thrilled for you and, and uh, everything. And uh, I can't wait to, I hope this special happens. Uh, that would be glorious, but also just looking forward to season three as well. And, and good luck with the Emmys and, and everything else and, uh, and your old timey apartment. Thank you. Thank you. From the past with love. <laughs> That's Hannah Einbeiner, who's nominated in the Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy category for Hacks. The HBO Max series is now streaming both seasons. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode, and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Emmy predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Emily Longaretta, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.